and welcome to Neither the Time nor the Space, a podcast about Doctor Who. My name is David, and as always, I am joined by the intervening Matt. Hello there. Hello, Matt. So, here we are. The home stretch of the War Games. Yeah. I watched all five episodes today. How was that for you? Just out, obviously, no, not getting into specifics, but just as an experience, mainlining five episodes of Troughton in one day. Um, three episodes of frustration, one of resolution, yeah. and then just the final episode. Yeah, Which yeah, is... we, we, that, that final episode. Yeah, we are going to have to talk about at length. I think. I think we'll, we'll probably. It will be quite disproportionately weighted towards the last couple in yeah. our, our review this uh, week. But uh, anyway, we'll, we will get into that in much more detail uh, a little later on, listeners. But uh, first up, Matt, how have you been? It's yeah, been, really good. I've I been don't on even holiday. know how long it's been. Oh, yes, of course. Yeah, that last time we spoke, you were pretty much had your bags packed and would it was a very fast turnaround yeah. wasn't it from yeah ending the recording to uh going off on your jollies so yeah tell me all about that yeah it was amazing um haven't got my residency still here illegally so couldn't <laughs> leave the country so flew to a city called Cluj. had a couple of days there really nice city reminded me a lot of york nice calm oh, quiet nice. university city um Went to an abandoned salt mine. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if it's ever come up on on pod, but I'm not great with heights, so I hated the salt mine. Um, <laughs> it, I had to walk along a gangway for about yeah. 100 metres. That was, yeah. I believe, 140 metres in the air. Uh, it was about two foot wide. It was made of planks older than the United States of America. You could see between them. They moved. They creaked. Oh, God, that's awful. But actually, when you got down to the bottom of the uh, salt mine, they just put a fairground in it. So I went on a Ferris wheel. That was nice. There's a little boating lake. You can play ping pong, mini golf. (laughs) Place to put a fairground. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, Then from there, drove north to... A place called Bayamare, which is a town I can't imagine anything ever happening in. But what was really good... <laughs> Certainly, I take it nothing happened whilst you were there, then. Uh, I went up a church spire. That was quite good. Right. Um, okay, cool. What, what else did we do there? We just walked around. There wasn't much to do. But the lady yeah. who owned the hotel, because we were driving north the next day, and she said, oh, yeah. you must stop here, you must stop there, blah, 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 blah. And one of the places yeah. she told us to stop was a fish farm. And I was expecting, like, British, UK, you know, battery farming. But uh-huh. it, it was like being in Skyrim. It was the most beautiful place on Earth I've ever been. Wow. Like, cascading waterfalls into freshwater pools full of trout, sturgeon, longer than I am. All the houses were built on stilts above the water. Most beautiful place I've ever been on planet Earth. That's amazing. And everywhere we went, I 
asked specifically what's the local delicacy. So I, I yeah, I ate, and I know we don't do meal of the week, but let me tell you the trout no. I had at this trout farm. I don't even like fish. It was unbelievable. Wow. Uh, then where did I go from there? Drove a bit further north and went to a 250-year-old wooden church, mm-hmm. which at first I was like, oh, wow, this is great. But then if you drive on a bit, every town's got one. Um, <laughs> so a couple of days later, I went to the biggest one in Europe. I thought if I've seen one, I might as well see that one. Um, yeah. I went to the memorial for the victims of communism, which was pretty eye-opening and horrible. And yeah, I can then imagine. I drove north. I, I think I don't know if I sent you the pictures. I went to a place called the Merry Cemetery. Um that we might yes, have talked yeah. about. It's where they have images of it. the death yeah. on the gravestone. Um yeah. so I put some on my Instagram today. Uh there's a couple of people getting hit by cars that are quite funny. Uh, <laughs> one that simply says he never saw the lorry coming. Uh, a couple <laughs> where it's just men playing with chainsaws. And then one where a guy was decapitated by the mob for cattle rustling. Wow. Then yeah. I drove east a little bit and went on the Mokanitas Steam Railway, which was a bit of a highlight. You know I love yeah. a steam train. So, Who And the best doesn't? bit was, the guy put me in charge of the cabin I was in. So there was a whole carriage. Wow. And he said, would you mind being in charge? Which basically meant, um, it had like a metal stove in the corner. And he right. was basically saying, can you just make sure that that's well lit and everyone's warm? So as yeah. we were going, I kept putting a bit of, you know, some logs on and it was, it was nice. But then we stopped for an hour for lunch, and when we got back on, the fire had, like, dwindled. So I panicked and just threw loads of logs on. Then everyone complained it was too hot. Oh, no, Matt. Then... Well, that's better than what I thought was going to happen, which is you you chuck a pile of uh, logs on, and then that just starves the embers (laughs) of oxygen, and the whole thing goes out. No... And also, yeah. whilst we were in that little town, Bayamara... No, this wasn't Bayamara. This was a town called Viseo de Soused, which is... I don't know if you've ever played Resident Evil 4, David, which is set in, like, a backwards not. country. Um, it's yeah. a lot like that. And 100% I saw a zombie dog. <laughs> I, I saw a dog that uh, I think had yeah. every illness on Earth. Okay, now I might censor this bit out because it is so disgusting, but the image of that dog (laughs) will stay with me till my dying day. Because at first I looked down and I was like, bloody hell, that's like. (laughs) But where it's (laughs) should have been, it just looked like it had. It was the most disgusting thing I've ever seen. Oh, jeez. Shouldn't really share that on pod, but I'm going to censor that bit out. That's just for me and you. And then from there, I drove back to Cluj. And this this bit will interest you, David. I went on a time machine. Uh, Okay, hang on. You're going to have to unpack that a teensy bit, Matt. Okay. There was a time machine, and I went on it. Okay, where did you go to? 
Uh, the 15th of October, 1985, day of my birth. Oh, wow. And uh, how, how was that for you? Uh, largely uneventful, because we we booked one day too many for our holiday. Right. So on, on the last day, we booked a late flight thinking there'd be enough in Cluj to entertain us. And, uh-huh. there, and there isn't. So we went to okay. the Zoological Society and went and looked at some stuffed animals and some iguanas and yeah. stuff like that. But then we stumbled across the Romanian Steampunk Museum. Oh, wow. Okay. Now, you know me, I love a top hat with a cog on it. I'm big into steampunk. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, the guy just went, oh, I've built a time machine if you want to go. So... Awesome. Went, went in, sat down, and it was a bit like the H.G. Wells time machine. I, I was going to ask, is it is it modelled after that one? Yeah. yeah. So there was a, I had to put some goggles on, and I had to put the date yep. in on some dials. And uh-huh. then some lights flashed. Uh-huh. And then when, when it finished, the guy was like, oh, how was that? And, <laughs> and what what he said was, oh, we're thinking of putting VR into this but isn't it better as like an imaginative experience <laughs> and, and, and I don't think it is David <laughs> it certainly asks a lot of the user doesn't it yeah, yeah. You've, you've got to bring a lot to the table there <laughs> yeah I think the best otherwise bit, it's it... just a, it's basically just an unusual chair yeah oh yeah yeah um, the best bit was they had an arcade cabinet where you could play Super Mario, but you played it almost like the Doctor Flies the TARDIS. You had to like crank handles and pull <laughs> levers and stuff. Oh, that that does sound fun. That does sound fun. Yeah. And the thing is, I'm really good at Super Mario Brothers, the original one. So yeah, I I I, I was. You know that bit on the second level where you go up on the lift and you go across to the warp room? I was showing them uh-huh, all that. Yeah. It's like that, that secret had never reached Romania. Really? Yeah. I thought everybody knew about the warp zone in level two. Yeah. So they they were like, oh, 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 wow. And I was like, stick with me, friends. I'll lead you to the promised <laughs> land. <laughs> It's nice when you, you you finally have an opportunity to show an area of genuine expertise. It happens yeah. so rarely in life, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. Also, I think one of the major disagreements we've ever had in our friendship is when I said I think yeah. the original Mario Brothers is better than Mario 3, and you lost your mind. Oh, I, I mean, I can imagine that. I mean, don't get me wrong, original Mario Brothers is still a 10 out of 10 game, but Super Mario Brothers 3 is actual chef's kiss perfection. Mm. I think it overcomplicates it. I don't need a frog suit or a tanuki suit. No, you do every give me a fire flower. No, 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 no. I, I think they get it, it got it exactly right. I think later Mario games where they it, they they made a rod for their own back with Super Mario Brothers 3 of establishing that Mario needs fancy new suits for every game. And in the new one, I think he's an elephant at one point. Yeah, yeah, I've not played it yet, but 
the one that sticks in my mind is the spring suit from Super Mario Galaxy, I want to say. Mm -hmm. Do you remember that one? Where I think just, so. Oh, Mario I've got can that be old a Stars spring now. On the Switch. And it's, uh, it's like, yeah, this feels a little silly. Um, but, mm. yeah, no, the frog suit's brilliant. I love the frog suit levels. Do you not? Because if you compare it, the thing, the genius of the frog suit is underwater levels are so fucking. Sorry, I won't swear. Uh, I'll, I'll retake that. Um, I'm definitely <laughs> leaving that in the edit. <laughs> I cut out the bits where levels. I'm horrible. I'll leave in the bits where yeah. you are. <laughs> the underwater levels in Mario are so punishing normally, you know, having to mash the A button constantly and, and uh, <coughs> then when you get that frog suit the sheer joy of being released from that burden of just being able to move around freely on, on both an X and Y axis, which of course you can't do on a regular level, it's so it, it genuinely feels um, like I don't know, I don't have the words for it, but it, it's it's a, it's a special joy, I think. I see um, it as a crutch for the week, but let's <coughs> let's let's move on. Yeah, let's move on. Let's move on. Um, what are we doing next? Dockbusters or film review? Uh, well, I've again work has been extremely taxing this last week, so I have not had time to do Dockbusters. Um. Dockbusters, I think, is probably going to return in the uh, New Year, twenty twenty five, baby. <laughs> no, possibly in the summer lull. Um, if uh, if you at, want, at actually, moment, we could play yeah. a different game. I've I've been putting together a quiz for work, so right. it's it's not exactly Dockbusters, but I think okay. this is a game you might quite like. Okay, I'm up for a game. Okay, now let me just log into my work account. Uh, where's my most recent presentation? There we go. It's just called Quiz. Now, we'll play the first round, David, because okay. I've booked... We, we've booked a pub. I'm, I'm leading a pub quiz. It's got All TV right. screens, so it's got rounds, you know, like Flags of the World and things like that. Uh-huh. But cool. round one is called the TripAdvisor Challenge. Ooh, I love it. Okay, I'll read you the rules. You are about to hear ten quotes taken from five-star online reviews. Five of these reviews will be taken from TripAdvisor and relate to Disney World. The other five are taken from the International Schools Review... And relate to the school I work at, David. <laughs> right. Okay. So you can see this is kind of tailored to my colleagues, but you might enjoy this. Yeah. Sure. Okay. Quote so, number so one. David. I've just got to. I've got to. I've just got to choose Disneyland or school. Yeah. 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 Think about okay. me in the workplace, and then think about Mickey Mouse. Okay. I was going to say Goofy, but then you'd say, "Who? Oh, there's no difference." <laughs> Right. <laughs> Quote number one. We couldn't ask for more. 
Oh, um, I'm going to say school for that one. We couldn't ask for more. The school was a very good choice, and we highly recommend this school to any parent ah, seeking best practice and standards for their children. <coughs> well done. Are you ready for quote number two, David? I'm ready for quote number two. Quote two. Listen, keep your expectations low. <laughs> uh, I'm going to say Disneyland for that one. Five stars. It's a negative five stars. Keep your expectations low. Don't try to do too much. We've been here several times. And what I have learned is pick three or four must-do things per day. Okay. So it's just it's just advice, isn't it? It's just someone's just like, listen, guys, I I know how to I I know how to do this. Yeah, five uh, stars though. Yeah, you can't fit it all yeah. in. But five stars. <laughs> right. Next one. Quote three. It is suffocatingly hot here throughout the summer. Oh. Now you were complaining about how hot it was. When you arrived. So it could go either way. I'm going to say. Disneyland. It is suffocatingly hot throughout the summer. You will drop thousands of dollars on the trip. And your kids may end up enjoying playing in the pool at the hotel better. Five stars. These are some wild five-star reviews. <laughs> okay. Quote number four. State-of-the-art facilities. That's got to be the school, right? State-of-the-art facilities that are continuously expanding, making it the biggest and most spectacular international school in Romania. There we go. Okay. Quote five might be more difficult for you, David. Let's see. Quote five. Okay. It's very expensive to get in. But once you do, you can see why. (laughs) Yeah, uh, that could go either way. That definitely could go either way, couldn't it? I'm going to trust my gut and say Disneyland. It's very expensive to get in. But once you spend a day here, you can see why. We hired a stroller for our four-year-old. And it was a godsend to park up whilst we went on the rides. It's Disneyland. Ah, oh, excellent. I think I'm still uh, at 100% on this, aren't I? You are. Let's see how you do with quote yeah. six. Great environment, great staff members. Yeah, I'm going to say school. Sounds a little it bland is. to be kicking off with that on Disneyland. It is. That's That's the full review. Five stars. Oh, wow. Great staff members. That was me. That's me. That's me. Yeah, I guess it is. Quote seven. We look forward to more adventures together. Ooh. I'm going to go out on a limb and say school on that one. We are blessed to be know. part of the school community and we look forward to more adventures together. <laughs> I don't know. My first thought there was Disney and then I was like, hang on, no. That that feels slightly weird for Disney. Yeah. Okay. 
Quote number eight. Are you, are you starting to worry that you've made this quiz too easy, Matt? Uh, it doesn't matter because most of the people that will be coming to the quiz are non-English speakers, so they'll find it difficult. <laughs> Fair right. Quote eight. So, quote eight. Wonderful people with great smiles and attitudes. School. It's the first one you've got wrong, David. Oh. It, it's Disney. Uh. Oh, hang on. I'm just, there's a knock at the door. Hello. My partner's learning to solve Rubik's Cubes at the moment, listeners. So I can be Do, Does she want yeah. to play school or Disney? My hands will go. Um, I don't think she'll be able to hear, unfortunately. <laughs> hang on. Okay. One second. I'll be back in a second, Matt. Can you solve a Rubik's Cube, Matt? Um, there's like an algorithm you follow and it just does it, isn't there? I can't remember exactly yes, what it is. Yes, yeah. Yeah, that's what my partner's doing at the moment. There's this there's this guy who's like done a YouTube tutorial and has got a whole website dedicated to it and stuff. Mm. Um, and so she's just sort of learning this secret method. In fact, it was during lockdown I watched <coughs> Limmy. Limmy was learning how to do it. And I learnt alongside right. him. Right. Uh, did you manage to retain any of it? Uh, I think if I had it in my hand, I'd be able to do it. Yeah. Right. Two more to go, David, in the quiz. Yep, go for it. Quote nine. Nice and captivating atmosphere. Did we do quote eight? Can I check? Did we actually do quote eight? Uh, quote eight. Oh, no, we didn't. Uh, Quote yeah. eight, we've got, sorry. We've got to complete it. Yeah. <clears throat> Wonderful people, great smiles and attitudes. Oh, no, we did do that one. We did. We did. Uh, I, that... I got that one wrong. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, quote nine then. Nice, yeah. captivating atmosphere. Nice, captivating atmosphere. Ooh, that could go either way. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Disney because I don't think you'd want your school to be captivating necessarily. The best. Very serious and professional and dedicated staff. Nice mm. captivating atmosphere. It was school, David. Wow. Interesting. Captivating isn't isn't a word I would necessarily use uh, uh, you know, in a positive sense for a school. <clears throat> like you want art to be captivating. Do you want your school to be captivating? Yeah. Yeah. According anyway. to that online review we do. Right. Final one. Quote 10. A magical place with so many adventures to be had and memories to be made. Oh. I'm going to say school. Ah, it's Disney. Ah, uh, easy. I was thinking it was too on the nose. The fact, the fact that they included the word magical. Magical, yeah. Yeah, I thought no, that's it's too obvious for it to be Disney. I'm going to say school, but yeah. Uh well, there yeah. we go. Fun little quiz. Fun little yeah, quiz. Good job. Yeah, it passed. Uh, I look. I, I'm going to make a promise to listeners. I'm going to try really hard to get Doc Busters back for next episode. Um. I can't one hundred percent promise, but I'm cert certainly promising to try. Because okay. I'll be honest, Matt didn't even try this last week. Nah, it's, it's just okay. way too busy. <laughs> boys, 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 I'm
Movie review. Movie review. Right. For, for movie review, David. Yeah. I, I've kind of got four films. I've kind of got two. Okay. Okay. Because since we last met, I've watched four films, but I'd seen two of them right. before. Oh, they don't count then. Get okay. So I rewatched June because the new one's coming out and I couldn't remember anything yeah. about it. That came out yeah, when I was I, getting divorced, so it was like a blur I, in my brain. Yeah, I, I missed June when it came out. Uh, so I, I, I really... I think it's on Netflix in the UK. So yeah. I just need to knuckle down and get it watched so I can go and see the, the second one in the cinema because I think I would enjoy that experience. Mm. And then I watched Clerks 3 because I just wanted to watch a comedy film. Yeah. Um, so you've got two options, David. Do you want movie number one or movie number two? Uh, ba, 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 ba. Number two, please. Oh, I'm glad you've said that. Movie number two, David. This morning, before I watched about three yeah. hours of Doctor Who, uh huh, I watched Morbius. Oh, it's Morbin time. It's Morbin time. <laughs> Absolutely one of the worst films I've ever seen. Oh, my heart but, but Matt Smith. Matt Smith is great yeah. in it. Yeah. And I, mean, I, I wrote this quote lines. down. This was the yeah. worst line in Morbius. Okay. They're talking about some sort of chemical. And they say, yeah. it's deadly to bats but it's fatal to humans. <laughs> it's the same thing. Yeah, that that ought to have been picked up in a second draft. Yeah. <laughs> it really ought to. It, um, on, yeah. Honestly, it is so... The whole film, the screen is just black. Yeah. And then... Uh, I'm, Jared Leto's a weird dude, isn't he? Like, yeah. I, I yeah. wonder if he thought this was good. If if this came out when like the first Sam Raimi Spider Man came out, I'd probably go yes. yes. Yeah. I'd probably go yeah, yeah, that's all right. But the world's moved on. This was so two thousand and two. I think that seems to be the recurring issue with a lot of the spum mm. films, from what I hear. I'll be honest, I, I've not watched any of them myself um, because. Time is precious to me at the moment. Mm. I think well, there will there will come a point in my life where time is, is 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 no longer such a concern, and I'll end up catching up on all of the shit superhero movies that have come out in the last however many decades. Well, I uh, I watched that because this week I really want to go watch Madam Web. I've heard it's terrible, right? And I've seen uh, a clip yeah. on Twitter where she rescues herself from a car, so. <laughs> I, I need to see this yeah. film. Right. So you're, you're getting all caught up on Spun. Yeah. And last time we recorded, I said I was going to watch all the Godzilla films. That's still my plan. Yeah. Um, but I just haven't yet. The other film I watched this week, David, is The Iron Claw, which got 8 out of 10. I really like The Iron Claw. Oh, I've never even heard of it. So... Should we take two minutes to just talk about it quickly? Yeah, yeah, a bit of context. Is it a recent film? Or... Yeah, I think it's it maybe only just gone to streaming. Um, right, in fact, okay. it has, yes, because I watched it on a perfectly legal streaming website. Um, oh, great. 
So it, it's a true story. It's about a family called the Von Eric family, who right. basically it, they're a wrestling family. It's all about wrestling. Right. But okay. The 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 head of the family changed his name to Von Eric so he could play an evil Nazi bad guy wrestler, and because right. of that, he believed his family was cursed. Uh, so, right. like, he I had mean, a son did, did who died to, when he was he five years old. Legally, change his name to do that. Well, I don't know, but basically, it's this really sad story about how all the brothers yeah. kill themselves. <laughs> all, oh no, what two of them kill themselves, and one of them like dies of a horrible accident. Um, it's really, really sad. It's really, really good though. It's yeah. got. Um, I was going to say Troy Bolton, but that's his character, Zac Efron. Zac Efron's really good in it. And it's got that guy who I've not watched The Bear, but he seems to be like hot shit at the moment. Yeah. Like the main oh, actor at The Bear. He's really good about in it. The Bear, aren't they? Yeah. 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 So yeah, Morbius, four out of ten. Which puts it on par he... as the worst film I've seen this year. The, the the thing about things like Morbius and stuff is what what I've heard about it is that it's it's not even like so bad it's good, it's just a poor film. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like like I I always go back to when I watched The that. Room, which is so bad yeah. you can have fun with it. Like it's yeah. not anything but a bad film. But mm. they, uh, it's like when I watched uh, the new Matrix film. They take it so seriously, they can't see how yeah. shit it is. Yeah, that's... I mean, I think that... You've got to be doing something very specific with science fiction if you're going to keep it utterly devoid of humour. Like, you've got to be yeah. 100% confident in your end product. Do you know what I mean, Matt? Because I yeah. think... I think humour... Is like the the polyfiller of sci-fi and fantasy. Throw mm. a bit of humour in there, and you'll get away with so much more. Oh man, wait till you watch June, because let me tell you, that's as dry as sand. Yes. No yeah, pun intended. I mean, I think that's, I mean that that's the thing. I, I I'm I'm very intrigued by June, because. Uh, you know the the visuals and all the rest of it um and i did the the director did uh, arrival which i really enjoyed yes. i wasn't wild about the ending but i loved everything up until that um and so i kind of know what i'm getting into with that i tried reading june once a few mm -hmm. years ago I couldn't get past the first what I don't know seventy pages something like that. I was just yeah, it wasn't for me because again it was it was so dry and yeah I just need I just need a little more vim in my sci-fi and fantasy for the most part. But um, you know yeah I'm gonna I'm gonna give I'm gonna try and give uh, the first one a watch. This week, I'll probably have to spread it out over several. Uh, seconds, I watched it but... over two nights. Yeah, um, but if if that clicks with me, I will go and see the second one in the cinema because uh, that I think, it, it, you know, he his what's the guy's name is Denis Villeneuve or something Villeneuve, like that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, 
Did he do the new Blade Runner vis- film? He did, yeah. Which I didn't go to see because I know this is heresy, but I did not get on with Blade Runner. Really? I, oh, it, I, it, I, need, it, I need to revisit it. It was a long time ago since I've watched it, but I really didn't enjoy my experience watching Blade Runner for the first time. It's one of those where it's like Shawshank Redemption. I really liked it. Mm. Probably never watched it in my life. I've ticked yeah. it off the list. Yeah. I feel like I feel like because I didn't enjoy it, I need to give it one more go to see if I get why people rave mm. about it. But yeah. it didn't work for me on a first viewing. Um but anyway, yeah, so I'm 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 intrigued. I'm intrigued by June. Um is it about time for us to talk about the war games? I think so. There's nothing Yeah. Nothing else on my agenda, I think. No. no. I've had a very uneventful couple of weeks, so let's do it. So yeah. The war games then. Parts five to ten. Uh we this, did part five this... last week. We're six to ten. Oh no, sorry, yeah, six to ten. Yes, I do beg your pardon. It oh, this story's too long, isn't it, Matt? <laughs> right. Let uh, episode six, episode seven, episode eight is just people going and backwards and forwards from being in the wrong place. It, it, <laughs> it really it, it's is. right, let's go talk to so and so and when they get there he's not there. And then it's like, Oh no, now we've been abducted. <laughs> Let's go home. But then the person does not... It, it frustrated me uh, so much that no one was in the right place yeah. at the right time. Uh, it, none yeah. of the plans yeah. come to fruition. Just, uh, yeah. By episode eight, I was just, you know, get with it. Snappy. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's... it's um... Like, in episode seven... <coughs> is it episode seven or episode eight? There's just a side plot about racist Mexican stereotypes. Yes. <laughs> like, yeah. like, I, I, did, I didn't need that. I thought we were getting to the tail end of things and then it's like, oh, let's introduce this Mexican. <laughs> yeah, I mean, bless them. Terence Dix and Malcolm Hulk did not set out to write a ten-part story. But basically, circumstances shook out in such a fashion that that is what they ended up having to do. Mm-hmm. So they they just they were making the best of the situation, and it's I think it is massively to their credit that this story is still so beloved. And I think, despite the fact that it does obviously spin its wheels, if you take it as a whole. It mm. is a brilliant story, I think. It's really good. It it it's it almost points the way towards a lot of what we still see in the best of Doctor Who today. Um so I, I have a lot of time for it, but yeah, I will I will happily admit you could pretty much dump everything from about episode five through to episode seven at least yeah and lose absolutely nothing yeah from this story yeah um it 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 struggles to get to the ending and then the ending's actually pretty good 
Yeah, yeah, it's strong. I think it 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 does exactly what it sets out to do as a story overall. Uh, yeah, there is there is just there is this too much back and forth, too much getting captured and then escaping and then getting captured again, and and uh, people having misunderstandings that could very easily be cleared up if one person just let the other person speak. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. There's a lot of that sort of stuff, but it, but if you kind of just take that in its stride and w- with the context of they 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 were literally playing for time, they were padding out this story because they didn't have any other options and were trying to do their best to structure it in such a way that it was engaging. And when you also take into account the fact that it would have been watched week to week. <laughs> there was never the expectation that anyone would sit down and try and shotgun the whole lot in one sitting. Yeah, well, fast forward 50... No, what is it? Like 60 years? 60, yeah. Fast forward That's 60 years. Of... In fact, I could have gone yeah. back in that time machine and told them. But... Yeah. But there you go. What would you do if next <coughs> time you watch like an unearthly child, you just see me walk past in the background... Because it turns out I've got a working time machine now. I mean, it'll be pretty terrifying. Not going to lie. Yeah. <laughs> be pretty discombobulated. Yeah. Uh, um, right. But, Should we talk about yeah. this? Yes, let's do it. Right. So it's episode six to ten. Still written by Terence Dick and Malcolm Hulk. Still directed yeah. by David Maloney. Yeah. Right. If you want to know what happens in episode one to five, go back listen to last week's episode because we're Indeed. not talking about that again. We are not. right. Jamie is knocked out and taken away by the head of security, and oh no, sorry, he's taken away. And at this point, the head of security discusses the Doctor and his TARDIS, and we we get the yep. first mention that the Warlords people are the Time Lords. Yeah. Oh, so I, it, it is. It is nice that we managed to hold that off. So last week, it that was pure because I couldn't remember exactly where that fell. So I was quite excited. Where I thought, oh, straight in there, <laughs> like yeah. we were speculating <laughs> last week, and then it's immediately answered in this one. Uh, so yeah, first ever canonical mention of Time Lords in Doctor Who. Um, so they decide they're going to study the prisoners and question them. Um, yeah, the doctor Zoe and Carstair investigate for a bit whilst the security chief begins reprogramming some of the prisoners. Uh, the doctor removes a wall panel and sees Jamie being reprogrammed, except Jamie's been sent for questioning because it turns out he was never programmed in the first place. Yeah. Um, the war chief shouts at the security chief. We start to see a sort of split and a divide between those two. So the war yeah, chief there, there's, has all it's, his it's soldiers real... that are doing the war game. The security chief's got his military men, hasn't he? Yes, yeah. So it's it's a really clever, I think, use of, you know, showing the sort of politicking that underpins a lot of war (laughs) you know that for all the soldiers on the front line it's these 
you know, high-ranking people behind the scenes making decisions and then arguing with each other about them. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, so, the war chief asks what's going on, and Caster just suffocates a man in cold blood. Just chokes him out. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, that's something I will say. I really noticed with this story. The good the guys. Guards, the good guys kill more than yeah. the bad guys. I've been keeping uh, a death tally. About... We'll talk about it as we go on. Oh yeah, yeah. I I think that's probably true. I was will say the guards in in this are so ineffective. Mm. You know, all of the sort of gimp suited guards that, that like. None of them get any lines. They just sort of stumble into rooms and then leave a load of suspicious, dangerous prisoners just alone with, you know, high-value equipment. Yeah. And even at the end, un- when unattended. the doctor's being questioned, and they, Zoe yeah. is like, oh, can I just go talk to him? The guards go, yeah, okay. Yeah, go on. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Yeah, it's 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 wild that they had such lax security in uh, in this facility. So one of the Civil War soldiers questions <coughs> a man from the future whilst Jamie's being questioned. Uh, the doctor tries to steal one of the ro- reprogramming machines because he wants to unite all the resistance into one big army. Uh, yeah. The Commander who was captured last uh, episode uses his magic monocle to become free. And yep. the security chief and the war chief begin a hunt for the doctor who's now disguised as an old soldier. Uh, the doctor's accomplices at this point murder two guards in cold blood. Uh, I think there's a bit where one of them falls off some stairs onto a sofa and it deserves... <laughs> like an Oscar for that performance. It was really good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the doctor and company arrive in time to recapture the commander, but he's brainwashed the soldier called Moore. Uh, but it's okay. Moore shoots and kills the commander in cold blood. Uh, the yeah. doctor tries to steal the machine again. And whilst he does, he releases some gas to kill people in cold blood. So the death tally is up to about 20 for this episode. So. I'm pretty sure it isn't deadly gas that he releases. I think it's just like a smoke bomb for a distraction. Hmm. Why do all his friends put gas masks on then? I think it's nerve gas or mustard gas. It's really horrible. It's a war, <laughs> a war crime that's been committed. <laughs> okay. Uh, the security chief calls for surrender. And activates dimensional control. So the room begins to shrink. They have 30 seconds to uh, surrender. Yeah. So. So it's not the room. It's one of the travel machines. That yes. Is, isn't yes, it? that's right. Um, so my first thought in this was. Why is that even a feature? Yeah. Like. Why has that been. Like, Can you imagine going to buy a new car. And the guy's like, yeah, yeah, it's got, you know, it's got inbuilt GPS, it's got Bluetooth. Um, oh, and also it can it can crush you to death. 
if you push this button here, <laughs> the synths will just keep rising and rising until you are literally crushed to death against yeah. the roof of the car. Um, is <laughs> why? Um, yeah, it, it's probably. I shouldn't think about it that much, but no, it but really struck me. The, the way on, the way on, the on plan comes together, it, it's not the yeah. first time they've done it. Because one guy just goes, <laughs> why don't we use the dimensional thing? And they go, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they, it takes him all of 10 seconds. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. <coughs> oh, so dear. that's the cliffhanger of episode six into seven. In episode yeah. seven, the doctor admits surrender. But then gasses yeah. everyone again and escapes. <laughs> he's really, he's he really horrible. Yeah, he loves gassing folk. So it's one of his signature moves. The Doctor thinks everyone's going to be looking for him in the 1917 war zone. So his plan is to yeah. land elsewhere and get to the TARDIS on foot. We hear that the Warlord is arriving at the base. The Doctor, yeah. Jamie and Carstairs arrive in the Roman zone. And the warlord arrives, and the entire plot of the story up until this point is recapped. Yes. Mm. You'd think he'd have been paying attention. Yeah. 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 <coughs> Given that this is his whole operation, you'd think he'd have like someone who was at least sending him reports. Yeah, but every you... couple of days. Again, it's just like. It felt like this went on forever. Like the Doctor's yeah. back in the Roman zone being chased by centurions again. Yeah. Whilst two yeah. men talk about everything we've just seen. As I said as I said last time, if you were writing this as a modern Doctor Who two-parter, you would, you would basically have episode one, all the stuff in the zones... In, in the different like time zones with the soldiers episode two you're just running around that base mm-hmm. and going head to head with the bigwigs and it would have been so easy to stru- it, it would have been it would have made perfect sense to structure it that way who knows maybe there was even a draft where it was more like that before it had to be expanded to 10 parts <coughs> but yeah it's really hard not to feel like it's almost one step forward, two steps back during this stretch of episodes. Yeah. It, it's just all over the place. Yeah. Right. So, from there, uh, we have a little bit more fighting between the security chief and the war chief. But the security chief yeah. has solved where the doctor comes from. And suspects the war chief may be in league with the doctor. Except the warlord appears and calms them all down. Yeah. Uh, The doctor and his friends arrive in the 1917 zone next to a machine gun emplacement. Uh, Zoe arrives with an American soldier and they just claim the machine gun so it's all fine. Um, Except... The Doctor, Jamie and Carstairs are immediately captured and sentenced. Uh, Jamie and Carstairs are sent to the front line. The Doctor's going to be executed again. 
The Major uses his magic spectacles again. And in turn, he says he's going to use the alien tech to send them to back to the base. So all that escaping, they're just back where they uh, began. Yeah, they know some more stuff, though. Yeah, but do they know enough for it to warrant an hour of my life? Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, the soldiers from the Resistance storm this building, the Chateau, um, and yeah. saves them. The General calls for help. The Warlord says, well, if they're all in the Chateau, we'll just blow it up. But the Doctor dismantles some of the alien tech and uses it to stop all the gunfire. Should have done that earlier, really. Okay. Yeah, should have. Then we get a time zone barrier around the chateau. Uh, the warlord says the warlord, the war chief, sorry, and the security chief have failed, and he is going to take charge. Now, yeah, correct me if I'm wrong. If you've got one of those time zone barriers around the chateau, communication can't come in and out. Like there was a problem with the soldiers crossing that fog, wasn't there? So, God knows what's yeah. going on. The in-story lore of this is just all over the place. Right. Uh, yeah, the Doctor begins deprogramming people. Uh, the Warlord and his security forces arrive. And would you believe it, the Doctor's captured for the eighth time this episode. <laughs> and, and I couldn't believe this episode yeah. ended. That was the cliffhanger that I've already seen five times already this episode. <laughs> so, that was good. Yeah, yeah. Right. In episode eight, then, Jamie tries to get Zoe to recall one of the transports, and the warlord wants to begin mass producing this programming machine. Uh, yeah. The transport arrives and well, kills the machine gunner. Can I, can I gunner. pause for a second and just check? How, how are you feeling about the introduction of the warlord so far? Like, he's not does it feel as like... intimidating as any of the other villains. Yeah, and I don't. I think that's the thing. I, I feel like, like if he was one of those like sinister bad guys, he's just a man. He's just a bureaucrat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I think that is a fair criticism. You know, it, I think I understand the the idea of you know you've got the sort of equally ranked but different specialisms and different values of the security chief and the war chief. Hmm. And those two being at loggerheads, you need someone to come in and be the voice of authority to get them to fall into line. Mm -hmm. um, but, yeah, the the warlord f doesn't feel like enough, like enough of a, a change of pace yeah. from those two. Yeah, I, I was expecting something more. Than what I got. Yeah. Right. Uh, so yeah, the transport arrives and kills the machine gunner, so they just throw some dynamite in it. Easy way to solve that problem. Yeah. Uh, Indeed. The soldiers leave Jamie in charge as he aims to gather the resistance. The doctor's interrogated. We find out the war chief is the same race as the doctor, and the security chief again talks about how he hates the war chief. Yeah. Uh, the war chief accuses the doctor of stealing a TARDIS and says, yeah. I want 
we basically find out what the War Games is all about. He's trying to find which is the best human army from time because humans are the most savage uh, and he wants a race well he wants an army of humans to conquer the galaxy with so i think this is a key scene where where you've got the um the war chief and, and the doctor together uh, I mean, first of all, it's the first time since establishing the existence of Time Lords that we see the Doctor and another Time Lord, mm-hmm. you know, having a one-on-one chat. Um, I mean, technically it's happened before with because we've had the Monk already, but it was never established specifically who or what they both were. Mm-hmm. So I still think, it, it, you know, it has some significance now that we've established Time Lords as a thing. Um it's probably worth also mentioning at this juncture some people uh headcanon the war chief as an incarnation of the master yeah i i read on tired tardis wikia that some yeah. people believe that because isn't there like a point where they say oh there's only ever two rebel time lords left and one's the doctor one's the master mm. But then you've got this yeah. guy. But then I also read where they say that he's a student of the master. Yeah, yeah. There's all kinds of different sort of theories, and like people have will have written fan fiction or licensed fan fiction of one form or another, and you know because it's, it's such a sprawling web when you get into the world of you know supplementary media does, for Doctor. He does Who. look a bit like Anthony Ainley. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. That's the, you know, you've got with with the facial hair, with the bearing, and the way he is. I mean, two things. First of all, the way he he behaves with the doctor, mm-hmm. um, and also the fact that in this story he has teamed up with another race as a sort of in a sort of like, oh yeah, I can come and sort this out for you i've got some tech that you'll find useful for for this little problem and then his plan is and then at the 11th hour i shall double cross them and then i shall seize power for myself ha 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 which is you know that is the classic master yeah uh modus operandi um and it's worth noting here malcolm hulk and terence Dix both continue to write well into the pertwee era and terence Dix was uh, instrumental in the introduction of the master in series eight. So not next season, but the one thereafter mm-hmm. is the one in which the master is first introduced. Right. So you can almost see this, the character of the war chief as a, um, like a practice run. Yeah. <laughs> at the master, if you like. Um, yeah. And, and, and I, all the scenes in which uh, he and the Doctor are playing off each other, I find really fascinating in the same way that I do tend to find scenes with the Doctor and the Master as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. This is where we waste the final half of Episode 8 with Arturo Villa, the Mexican oh, resistance yeah. leader. <laughs> what a colourful character. Yeah. Yeah, I I won't do an impersonation of him because it yeah it's uncouth, isn't it? Through a modern it, it lens, it was a different time. It was a different time. Yeah, yeah. 
Okay. Uh, so Zoe tries to get Jamie to convince Arturo to join by pretending to be a soldier. The warlord interrupts yeah. the doctor and the war chief. All the resistance groups unite and start winning. The war chief hears of this. The warlord is unhappy. The security chief suggests they just drop a neutron bomb. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So the doctor calls Zoe and Jamie to send a transport for all the leaders at the request of the warlord because it appears the doctor's now betraying everyone. Because when they arrive, yeah. it's an ambush. Dun, dun, dun. It's okay. We're approaching what... my favourite bit of the war games. So I'll, I'll okay. mention it when Let's... we get there. Right. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Episode 9. Yeah. The Doctor's friends are taken prisoner. The Doctor wants to know what the War Chief knows of the TARDIS. Because he suspects now that the War Chief's TARDIS has limited lifetime. And he wants the Doctor's TARDIS. That's why he's kind of sucking up to the Doctor quite a bit. So yeah. the Doctor attempts to charm the Warlord and says he can serve him. Again, we get a bit where the War Chief and the Security Chief argue for a bit. But the Doctor manages to tell the Resistance that the War Chief has a neutron bomb. Which is not overheard by the Security Chief, but he does overhear the Doctor and the War Chief plotting. Yes. So. Yeah, he's he's got, he's got it on cassette. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, on wax cylinder. Fast forwarding effects. Um, yeah. Oh, the whole the whole tech of the the uh, like operations. Oh, the fridge really magnets where they just is... move them round. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's so good. I love. I I I I both love and am infuriated by it all. Right. Uh, the the yeah. doctor, quote unquote, reprograms Jamie, but he, yes. you know, the, Jamie's in on it. The doctor gives us a sly one. Yeah, J J Jamie's been travelling with the doctor long enough that he knows when to play along. So, because of the war chief's plotting, he's no longer in command. The doctor yeah. liberates all the rebellion leaders, and the war chief now offers to help him. Uh, yeah. Some guards are overthrown by the Doctor and his friends, and the alarm is sounded. The War Chief says yeah. his machines cannot get everyone back home at this point. This is a bit of a turning point in the story. So mm -hmm. all the fighting stops so the Doctor can contact the Time Lords to resolve this. Okay? Yes. In order for everyone to have a peaceful solution and return home, the Doctor requires the help of the Time Lords. Yeah. What, what what's that cube all about? I love the cube. I absolutely love the cube. It's I mean it's very much in keeping with the whole production design of this story and this era more broadly, in that it's it's modern and futuristic in you know in a late sixties kind of way, but it also has this. Just little hint of psychedelia about it because the doctor has to sort of sit and meditate mm. to 
when when meditation was still seen as this incredibly exotic thing, you know, because you've got to remember this is around the time of uh, the Beatles going psychedelic yeah. and stuff like that. That was all kind of in the ether. So something like, um, so yeah, I love that whole concept. We've actually seen them before, Matt, in Yuho. Have we? Yeah. Do you remember in the Doctor's Wife, your favourite episode of Doctor Who, God. um, <laughs> where the Doctor receives uh, a distress call on a little cube from another Time Lord. Uh, and yeah. that's the lure that takes him back to that that bubble universe. And then he finds all the other cubes with all the other distress signals, all the other Time Lords that they've already uh, consumed. Uh, what an yeah, absolute it, crocker shite that episode was. <laughs> it's, pu it's pure fan service, start to finish. dog shit. Right. I love it. Where are we up to? Um, blah, 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 blah. So the cube is all the information about what's happening. He's going to send it to the Time Lord. The War Chief begins to escape. And the Warlord has realised he's going to betray him. So the War Chief yeah. just killed. Unceremoniously. Yeah. He's just written yeah. off. What a, what, a, what a disappointing end the war chief so there's a big fight as the doctor and his friends plan to escape the doctor says this is goodbye to jamie and zoe but they refuse uh carstair wants yeah. to follow the doctor so he can find lady jennifer who i totally forgot was in this story uh, when I watched <laughs> yeah this. well they haven't done much to remind her uh, uh, remind us i think she's been she last appeared in what like episode four something so, like that okay the time lords are coming and the, the Doctor and his friends crawl back to the TARDIS after saying goodbye to Caster. Yeah. And, and there's a sort of weird force field yeah. around the TARDIS. Right. Which is what's causing the, the kind of slowing effect. Right. We're approaching my favourite part of this story. Yeah. So, Go episode on. 10. This is where... This is the money episode, isn't it? Oh, yeah. It's in some ways it's kind of a prologue, yeah. But it's also such a payoff. Uh, sorry, not a prologue, epilogue. Epilogue, is what I yeah, meant. yeah. So there's a force field around the TARDIS, but they all manage to get inside. The Doctor says it was the yeah. Time Lords, and he talks about how he ran away because he was bored. That the yeah. Time Lords have all this great power, but they're just passive observers. And whilst they think he was interfering, he believes he was helping. So yeah. the TARDIS is landing and it lands under the sea, water seeping in, in a scene that goes nowhere. So they then go to oh, outer yeah. space, this but the Time Lords it's... say there's no escape. Yeah. So let's just pause for a moment. So that whole speech... It, it does so much. Not only does it fully contextualise, you know, all the Doctor Who that has happened up until that point, um, and, and in a way that is entirely consistent with everything that we'd seen through the Hartnell and Troughton eras, mm -hmm. but it also 
puts it, it also really crystallizes what this show is going to be for the next what what you know 50 years it's got and counting still ahead of it at this point <laughs> it's this moment where just the whole modus operandi the whole character the whole concept underpinning the doctor is just yeah fully like crystallized you still see echoes of that in the modern show don't you yeah absolutely and and it's and and whilst it had been hinted at prior it had never been so fully spelt out before yeah so yeah it it's really significant i think that moment um, and yeah, and then the whole nonsense with like, you know, oh no, we're under the sea. Let's go into space. Yeah. That's just that. Again, it's playing for time because they just didn't quite, mm. didn't quite have enough. So the doctor must face trial and is taken to his own yeah. planet. I don't think they ever refer to it as Gallifrey in this they episode. They do not. No, no. I don't. I'm trying to remember what the first actual on-screen mention of Gallifrey is. I might look that up quickly. Okay. Whilst you do, uh, a yeah. Time Lord leads them to a room where the Warlord's being held. He refuses to speak whilst he's on trial, so he's attacked with mind bullets. Uh, <laughs> hey, I, I was watching it. I had headphones on. I was not expecting him to shriek um, in the way he did. Yeah. Oh, yes. Okay, so first shown in the War Games, uh, not identified by name until the Time Warrior. Okay. Which was... Um, which season would that have been? Season 11. So about five years later. Okay. Is that still Pertwee? Yeah, it's Pertwee. But it's it's latter Pertwee. It's uh it's uh Sarah Jane Smith's first story. Okay, right, right, right. And also the first uh, first on Tyrant story. It's a banger. Love the Time Warrior. Yeah, I wouldn't mind watching that when we get back into Sarah Jane Adventures. Yeah, be good yeah, to see because I've sort of seen her end. It's good to see her beginning. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. The Warlord says the Doctor was a collaborator. And his men appear and rescue him and the Doctor. Uh, the Doctor tries to use the TARDIS defence to trap them. Uh, but the Warlord's just dematerialised. So he's gone as well now. A fitting end. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Doctor and friends are trapped. The Doctor simply must face his trial. Um, he says yeah. he accepts his charges and he's proud of them. As he justifies his actions. So. Time Lord's plan to send Jamie and Zoe home. Uh, they will forget all but their first meeting of the Doctor. So they're all reunited and say yeah. goodbye. Except they so attempt it's... to escape as well. <laughs> and would you believe it? They're immediately caught. Yeah. Uh, it's, let's talk about the Time Lords for a second. Because they're being portrayed almost as like gods in this they've got like crazy psychic powers and just you know they, they seem to just be able to do anything effortlessly um we don't we never they they very quickly get dialed down 
I think. Yeah, and they as as the series progresses, as as they're mentioned, they are like the intonation is they are this like omnipotent presence, you know, like yeah, uh, there's no hope. I better contact the Time Lords, you know. They seem to yeah. have this and I think... grandeur reputation in front of them. Yeah, and it's really interesting because I think it makes, especially Troughton's Doctor is such a contrast because, you know, they're these tall, imperious, uh, but they don't have the collars yet. They've just got these sort of, like, you know, grand... Robes, uh, haven't they? Robes and, yeah. Um, and then he's this short, scruffy, awkward little uh, bloke. And so the, it's this really, I think, really intentional high contrast. I think when you get, as as the Time Lord Society develops on screen and, you know, they keep the robes, obviously, but they have the ridiculous collars as well. And you get to see more of their internal politics and stuff. Mm-hmm. They become like just another alien race. Yeah. To an yeah. extent, one with very advanced technology, but every bit as fallible as humans mm. in a lot of ways. Whereas here they seem infallible; they seem genuinely emotionally detached. Yeah, like yeah. you know, later on you'll you'll see Time Lords like being emotive and having yeah when we goals, see even that, if they that uh, Capaldi episode. Yeah, the one you know the one I mean. I forget. I know the one. Not heaven sent. Hell bent. Hell bent. Yeah, Yeah. and they're more like just real people here. They're very robotic and stoic, aren't they? Yes. Yeah, and I don't know that you know. There's no reason you can't have both. Mm. Um, I I don't think one's necessarily better than the other. I think it's what what is appropriate for the story and the time in which it's being made and stuff. But I just think that's a really interesting thing to kind of see the way we've very slowly, bit by bit, evolved the concept of the Time Lords and Gallifrey. Yeah. You know, over the course of these six decades. Hmm. Um, Right. Uh... Yeah, they're caught when they try and escape. The Doctor says his goodbyes. Um, his fate yeah. has been decided. So you see Zoe and Jamie yeah. return home. Yeah, I do like the. I love the way Troughton says goodbye to Jamie, where he kind of just has to really be be really sort of just straight with him, saying like, "No, Jamie, this is goodbye." You know. Yeah. Just the sort of intonation of it. I don't think I've got the line quite right, but you know, it's that kind of thing. It's very it's firm, like, very serious. Isn't yeah, it? yeah. Because there's, there's no about... sly wink or nod like you've got yeah. previous in this story. Yeah, and because the thing is, their relationship. He he. Jamie's been with the Doctor since his Trouton's second story. Mm-hmm. He basically follows all the way through. And and we, you know, that that's so rare that you get a companion basically there for the entire tenure of mm-hmm. a Doctor. Um, and it is always this kind of like pally, yeah, 
quite silly relationship that they have like but with with a great deal of respect for one another and and like it's brotherly isn't it i don't know it is it is it's it's brotherly or maybe uncle and nephew or you know however you want to interpret it and believe me the the internet interprets interprets a number of different ways but um but it's a deep relationship and a very sincere relationship and the simplicity and finality with which the doctor basically says you know sorry jamie this is it (laughs) that's the end of the line that there is a real understated tragedy to it Mm. right almost at my favorite part almost okay right the doctor is acknowledged as a force of good so rather than executed or what have you they say look you've clearly got this affinity for planet earth we think you can do some good there so you're going to be exiled earth in the 20th century no tardis yeah and because the doctor says no 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 i'm known there There'll be an appearance change, and we cycle through some faces, too old, too young, too fat, too thin. Yeah. And when the Doctor can't decide, change is imposed upon him. Yes. And this is where we hit my favourite part of this entire story, (laughs) where it says, up next, next episode, Spearhead from Space. (laughs) Yeah. Um, let's, I, I'm let's not going to lie, David. I nearly watched it. Yeah. I nearly watched yeah. it. I thought, <laughs> yeah, I can roll over into some Spearhead from Space. Yeah. Um, okay, Let's. we'll talk more about Spearhead from Space <laughs> in a second, I promise. Let us dwell on the unrelenting horror of the Second Doctor's regeneration. Yeah. It is awful. Like it's one of the bleakest things. Yeah, I think the yeah, fact that the CGI it... is quite bad makes it more horrifying. You yeah, know, it's so juddery like... and rough. Yeah, it's got this sort of like wibbly effects on the lens. He's got you know his head circling round and round against this sort of black, stark black background, whilst. Troughton's got like voiceover where he's just saying no no stop it (laughs) it's just like it just this this utter anguish um and then you don't even get the payoff that you normally get with a regeneration of like and here's the new guy and he's like oh this is all right i could get used to this yeah you're off on the next adventure you don't get that it's just like like, modern the doctor's having a horrible time you get all this sadness and then it's like hey don't worry guys he's still here yeah with this it's like christ (laughs) knows what's happening yeah, and they and, and poor kids watching it, they had to wait six months for Spearhead from Space. Man, it's worth waiting for though. Um Well it is, because like my god, what a what a contrast. When you think about Spearhead from Space in colour, tight four parter. Yeah, it's perfect, great, isn't it? Dashing around in a car, brigadiers there, and and you compare that to this black and white wobbly set yeah. overlong 
like and, and, and don't get me wrong i i do like the war games a lot i, I you know it, it's it's got a lot going for it but my god the tr- the contrast between those two stories is incredible mm. um so yeah i i don't blame you for suddenly feeling like you fancy just di- diving straight into spearhead from space i had a similar <laughs> thought to be honest yeah. um yeah i love a bit of pertwee uh speaking of which actually like what 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 are we doing next time matt i don't know like i know we've still got torchwood and i know oh, we've we still do. got sarah jane adventures but i feel yeah. like that's a bit of an undertaking isn't it yeah i kind of want to wait until we've got uh shooty's first series out the way before yeah. we dive back into the spin-offs i'm enjoying just watching doctor who right now yeah me too should we should we watch some pertwee should we watch that sarah jane's should we watch the time warrior oh what the time warrior yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, the Wikipedia page for it is up in front of me, and I'm just like, yeah, I'd, I'd be well down for the Time Warrior. Right, can I offer you a, uh, an alternative? Yeah, go for it. Do we finally watch those Peter Cushing movies? Oh, God, yeah, we could, couldn't we? What? We could. We... We've watched... Okay, we've... You've seen the first Dalek story, right? Yeah. Have you seen... Dalek's Invasion of Earth. No. Okay. I feel like you need to watch that one before we watch the second Cushing movie. Right. Okay. But we could do but we could do the first one. Yeah. So is that just the one that's called Doctor Who and the Daleks? Yes. Yeah. So we could we could do that or we could do Time Warrior. I I'll leave the choice up right. to you. Right. I've got I've got an idea. I've got an idea. Because right. I was listening to the most recent episode of Married to Who, where yeah. they were talking about how we were on a break. I think they recorded it a while back. I'm going to message yeah. them and let them decide. Okay. But they have choice. 24 hours to reply. Oh. Okay. Um, so I'm afraid we're leaving you on tenterhooks, listeners. Yeah. Um, if you want to... I don't know if anyone does try to watch what we're watching before listening to the episode so uh i guess keep an eye on 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 the x feed yeah hold on let me Matt'll just let you know. check on this perfectly legal streaming service uh doctor who and the daleks doctor who and the daleks oh oh it's not there we go uh, yeah, I should be able to find it. I- I'm going to watch the remastered Blu-ray edition, I believe. <laughs> Good job. Yeah. What is this perfectly legal streaming service you've got? Uh, BBC iPlayer. Oh, great. I'll, I'll tell you about it um, off pod. Um, great. Uh, Amazon Prime. Disney Plus. I've got them all. I've got them all. <laughs> You've got them all. <laughs> I've got them all. Excellent. And I pay for them all as well. <laughs> and I don't break them all. I bet you do. I bet you do. Right. Okay. Um, all right, then. So it's either, tell you what, listeners, head, if you want to like 
cover all possible bases. Watch the Time Warrior and Doctor Who and the Daleks. That's not a bad way to spend Look, a couple of we're, weeks. We're going to do both of them, aren't we? Whatever we don't watch this Sooner week, we'll watch next week. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So it's just a case of which one we do first. All right. I'm looking forward to both of those, Matt. Yeah. So uh, we're ending on a high. Uh, but until then, as always, thanks ever so much for listening, everyone. Until next time, cheerio. Bye now. Thank you for listening to Neither the Time Nor the Space. If you wish to contact us, our email address is timenorspacepod at gmail.com and on Twitter we are at timenorspacepod. And thank you to Alexander Urban for his smashing arrangement of the Doctor Who theme.